Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. We've got Bradley Sinclair with us. He's from Rockford, but you may know him if you've watched The Voice. He was on season 20 of The Voice, did pretty well, met some cool people, lives in Nashville now, but he has uh, condescended to come back to West Michigan. <laughs> it's the holidays, man. He came home to see mom and dad. Yeah, right? he came home for some turkey and mac and cheese. There you go. There you nice. go. That's where it's at. Well, we're so glad that you're here. And I have so many questions about your time on The Voice because, well, if you don't know, The Voice is a national televised uh, singing competition. Yeah. And the way that it goes down basically is. Um, the, there are judges and they have their backs turned to you and you start singing, the contestant would start singing from the stage. And if, if one of those judges wants to take you on their team, then they hit a buzzer, the chair turns around and that means you get to continue to be on the show. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty scary. Pretty scary. But one of the things, (laughs) yeah, then you're like, oh, Okay, this is real. Yeah, it's on now, yeah. But one of the things that was really unique about the season that you were on, Bradley, is that it was in the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. Like, how did that change the experience for you? Yeah, well, we got a little bit lucky because the season right before us was like right in the start of COVID before Mm -hmm. they had any knowledge of like precautions and all that junk. So they actually had to like do half of the, the the second half of the season they had to do at home and like they sent each artist like an at-home kit to like film themselves with audio like they were literally sending in their performances and they were airing them of like people at home so I felt bad for those folks because they probably missed out on uh, a lot of experience we were lucky enough to actually still do it in studio out in LA at Universal Studios so we still got some of the experience there was no live audience like there normally is um, but we were still in person with the full band and on the big stage and with the actual coaches in person with us, which was at least nice. Yeah. So take us to that moment when you're singing your song. What did you sing? What was your. Yeah. Well, my blind audition song, uh, the blind audition comes to the tail end of like five uh, auditions leading up to getting on the show, that which is something a lot of people don't realize is you don't just get invited to a blind audition. Right. I think there was 33,000 auditions for the season 20 of The Voice. Wow. And they bring like 80-something people to LA. Wow. After, yeah, like quite a extensive, like it was like a six-month period of yeah. my first my first Zoom call or video submission, Zoom calls, all that stuff, interviews with casting directors and... um. But the experience itself, I sang James Arthur's song called Say You Won't Let Go. Um, yeah, it was wild going up there and uh, just you, you just kind of have to go for it. You have to not think about the coaches needing to turn for you because if you do, that's when people get nervous or they mess up. And But did it work for you or against you that the there's no audience there yeah. you know, and the people have got their backs to you as you start singing. I'm right. just like, there's no energy to feed off of there whatsoever. Right. I think that it, it, it did a, a, a little for me, but it, it also could have been a little against me. I mean, as performers, it's nice to sometimes have a live audience to feed yeah. energy off of, um, but it's also sometimes nice to, yeah. Right? <laughs> Barry just his. turned his back <laughs> Sometimes it's nice to not have to worry about anybody or at least feel like anybody's looking at you. Um, They did have about 150 people up on this giant video board that 
and it was it was live like people oh, signed okay. up to be yeah. zoom audience yep. gotcha. so yep. i did you could see them but i just tried to ignore them mm. um but you kind of just have to pretend you're just singing in the studio or singing alone and just going for it and i was able it took me about 30 seconds to get to that point during my performance and then right at about second 40 was when kelly turned around and then i was completely lost of that i was no longer able to (laughs) (laughs) that's so awesome yeah Yeah, so when the chair turns around you know how do you feel you're in the middle of singing that much just does it give you a boost does it make you feel more nervous yeah i think it can do both um for me i i described it as I, I I knew before the performance that I had to just go in with confidence. That was the only way I was going to get chairs to turn. And um, I was a little shaky right in the beginning, just out of nerves. Not shaky vocally, I hope, but no, uh, shaky nervous-wise, right. yeah. And uh, and then right at that point that I felt like I was locking it in, I was like, all right, we're just going to go for it. Right at that point is when she turned around. And so then I was no longer, like, then I'm freaking out in my head. Yeah, because I'm trying to focus on oh, keep singing the song. Yeah, but I'm looking at the, these lights flash when they turn around, and then now Kelly Clarkson is staring at me and like watching me sing. And I finally reeled it back in again, like 20 seconds after she turned, and then that was right when Nick Jonas turned around, and then the same thing happened all over again. So it was kind of a blur from that point. But and how the show works at that point, you've got. A choice. Right. You can either choose to be on Nick Jonas's team or on Kelly Clarkson's team. And you chose? I chose Nick Jonas's. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, right. Uh, so what made you decide to go with Nick? Honestly, I think it was just like fanboy moment. Like <laughs> it was in the... Mo- I honestly had no idea who I was going to go with. Um, I, we had to talk about it in all the interviews. I mean, I'm there for... Um, five weeks just for the blind audition filming behind the scenes stuff and all the b-roll footage and the interviews and um lots of questions of like who would you pick if all four coaches turned around um and i never really knew i think i gave a different answer every time for a different reason because it's just i mean like i love john legend like uh when it gets to a certain point certain coaches fill their teams up um so not everybody can turn around but um yeah, so in the moment, I was just like, I grew up watching Nick on Camp Rock and uh, yeah, Jonas yeah, Brothers, yeah, yeah like singing uh, Burning Up was one of my childhood <laughs> songs. And uh, and I love Kelly Clarkson. She has an incredible, like, sweetheart career, and she's an amazing person, yeah. But I, it was, I think it was a tiny bit before my time, like, Since You've Been Gone was, like, maybe my oldest brother, who's eight years older, was, like, his childhood more than mine and so uh just in the moment i had to fanboy with nick jonas you had that great moment in your blind audition where who who pushed the button first and whose chair turned around first i watched kelly was first okay kelly was first and then nick jonas and you decided to get on nick jonas's team and so you know you're you're moving forward right Once, once you get on a team, you're moving forward. Exactly, yeah. And there's about how many people left in the competition at that point? 40 people get on a team. Oh, Each wow. coach gets 10. Okay, yep. okay. So you were one of 40 at that point. Yep. And so then you got to do this, uh, you got to do this duet with... Rachel Mack. Exactly, yeah. And that was amazing. Well, thank you. That was amazing. You know, I mean, Elton John. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we were we we went to the same school. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> Not really. Uh, it's but like Elton years from across the pond. Just grew up, you know, listening to him, singer songwriter, and that. This is my song you guys did. And you just, I mean, all the judges said you guys just executed it perfectly. Yeah. And was that the point, though, when they made a decision, the one that they decided for, the other would be off? Correct. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was tough because the, our placement in performances was at the point where none of the coaches had steals or saves left. Okay. Um, so... Whoever does it, I don't know, production, if the coaches choose when their battles take place. But they did put us at the very end of Nick's battles. So all of the um, steals and saves are left. So at that point, one person's got to go. Uh, so a lot of, I mean, eight people get stolen or saved ahead of time. Um, so if there's a really good performance, they can save both of them, right? But, yep, so one person had to go, and uh, Nick had to make the tough choice. I think we both had a really solid performance. And and he himself said, like, this is the best yeah. duet, the best voice battle we've ever had. And then to have the opportunity, you know, to have to let somebody go yeah. just stinks. Um, emotionally, it was a roller coaster because the song got done. We got a standing ovation, which... We were the first ones to get one on the whole season and all the coaches were like, giving high compliments and high praise, but all at the same moment, we, me and Rachel both knew in our heads while we're getting these, this feedback that one of us is leaving. So oh, wow. it's a tough, emo- it was, yeah, it was definitely an emotional roller coaster of like, I want to accept your compliments, but I know that one of us is about to go. <laughs> so in that moment, you know, they, they do the pregnant pause you know, and you're just sitting there and, and you, I saw your eyes were closed. Yeah. What was going through your head? I was thinking like you were really spiritual in that moment. Like, Lord, <laughs> your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, honestly, uh, to an extent, yeah. that's not wrong. Right. Uh, okay. it most, mostly just the feeling of like, I knew going into it, I, talking to like my family before, like the night before and just like whatever happens happens like I'm just blessed to have at least made it this far so sitting on that stage they talked a lot um about Rachel during the feedback and and how she's so she was 15 years old and she has the voice of a Mm well-versed singer she's fantastic and so they were talking about how young she was and how young Nick was when he started and so in my head I kind of came to the conclusion before they said anything that they were going to pick her okay can Uh, I just ask though how old were you at the time Bradley 22 22 yeah and you know it came down to she was younger I know she was she just happened to be younger yes I mean I guess I was young compared to yeah some of the people on the show but yeah, so in that moment, it was just kind of like, all right, Bradley, try to be happy with, with what, you, what you've what you received instead of uh, worrying about what you didn't, so. Yeah, and that's where your faith comes in. You know, your exactly. faith comes in is that my my whole life doesn't depend on this moment exactly. and my success or my failure. I mean, we, we, can, we can make it that way, but if we, didn't, we, if we don't put all the weight on that and we find our worth— in in the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, we can handle those disappointments. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, God doesn't care if I win the voice or not. <laughs> He's got good plans for you, and yeah. they're going forward. I'm going to quote you on that. God, God doesn't care if I win the voice or whatever, whatever it is. Exactly. You know, we have Him.
We're putting him on the spot. He's got his guitar ready. We have the most sophisticated sound system here. <laughs> this is not set up for music. This is set up for radio, yeah. but I think it's going to work well. But We're going to give it a thing. shot. Here's the thing. Like, how cool is it to have a moment with an artist where you're like, you know, sitting on the couch, you know, or at a coffee shop or whatever, and he just pulls out his guitar and he starts to play. That's the kind of moment we're going to have together here. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. So I just got to get you a little bit. If you're just tuning in right now, Bradley Sinclair was on season 20 of The Voice. He killed it there and has gone down to Nashville. He's per- pursuing music there in Nashville. And we got connected because we were talking, Perry and I were talking one day about, well, we talk a lot about Um, submitting our emotions and submitting our feelings to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and how, you know, our feelings are, you know, yes, they're valid. We need to pay attention, but they don't always tell us the truth. And we had a conversation about um, depression, suicidal, you know, thoughts and, and just the need to be there for one another and the impact it has when we're willing to just kind of like sit in space with someone and and be okay with the fact that they're not okay at the moment. And your mom reached out to us, Bradley, and said, (laughs) oh my goodness, my son has written a song about just exactly what you guys are talking about right now. And it's called Difficult Day. Can you tell us a little bit about the backstory, where this song came from? Definitely. Um, Funny enough, uh, it actually sparked from me reading a Winnie the Pooh comic. Uh, just, I, I saw a comic pop up on, I don't know, Facebook or Instagram or something on my feed just about, uh, this time Pooh was sad, actually. It wasn't Eeyore and, uh, I hadn't seen him in a while and, uh, Piglet went to check on him and he asked what was wrong and he just said that he was sad and he was, he, he actually said I was having a, I've been having a difficult day. Mm. And uh, Pooh asked, or sorry, uh, Piglet asked if he wanted to talk about it and he said, no, I don't think I do. Um, and Piglet just sat there and Pooh said, well, what are you doing? And he said, well, we don't have to talk about it, but I'm still going to sit with you and just be here with you so you know that I care. So that's where it sparked from. Um, I actually wrote this when I was stuck in a hotel in, uh, uh, in L.A. and uh, just sitting alone for that long with lots of thoughts running through your head. Obviously, depression can kick in. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wrote the first verse and chorus um, and then connected with my friend Marielle, who sing- duets the song with me. Um, and the studio version and we finished it together and wrote the response verse of hers, which is uh, kind of, a, I'll sing both verses, but it's a response to me of uh, saying that I need a friend. And then the response is that uh, she will be my friend and okay. be, be there for me. And um, it's always good to have someone in your life that's willing to just care about you enough to sit with you through tough times. Yeah. All right, man, let's go for it. All right. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> it is early. It is early. We'll try our best. Uh. I've had a difficult day. And I don't think I'd like to say much. On that part But I think I'd like you to stay Cause yesterday was high Today is low And everything gets worse When I'm alone I'm the 
Sinclair, Difficult Day, 89.3, Moody Radio. Wow. The power of presence. Yeah. The power of presence. You know, being there, you don't have to have the answers, really. Definitely. Just, Just talk about, you know, growing up in a Christian family and we know that, you know, we have to make the faith our own and just that whole process. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, make make the faith our own was uh, probably like the most important thing that I had to realize uh, entering adulthood. It's it's definitely tough with with faith and and growing up in a Christian family. Yep, and, it, and I'm sure it's tough as a parent. I haven't had to deal with that yet, but <laughs> obviously you want to. Uh, lead your child to Christ and you want them to know the Lord. And so you, you have to put things in bound, right? Bring them to church, have them go to youth group and all that stuff. And I'm so glad that I did all that. Um, but there does have to be a moment, I think, in everyone's life where you choose for yourself. Um, and, and they do it in church too, like your profession of faith at a certain age and uh, that type of stuff. And But I also think that you kind of just have to find like, 
that on your own as especially as you're entering adulthood into a world where everything becomes your choice (laughs) right like because in childhood not too much is your choice and when you're growing up you grew up in the church but you were also a pk pastor's kid right there's an expectation there then that already you've made a proclamation of faith but we all have to get there on our own yeah and i and i think that a lot of people may struggle with their faith because they never felt like they had had it for themselves. They always felt like it was somebody else's faith uh, being given to them or even pushed on them in, in, a, in a harsher in a harsher description. And I don't ever f- feel like it was pushed on me, um, but it was very important for my faith to, to find a time where I was going to say, okay, I kind of to an extent need to uh, like rid my mind of things that I've been told my whole life mm-hmm. and I need to find it for myself. I need to start my relationship with Christ. And so, uh, that, that kind of happened when I was, uh, 19. Um, I was doing a thing called YWAM and oh yeah, it was, uh, and I, I know some people talk about like they're going to Christian school or Bible school and having like their God moment. And, um, I don't know if I necessarily describe it as that, but some of the teaching described like I didn't. I didn't get taught a lot in, or at least maybe I didn't pay attention because I was a pretty ADHD child. But in church, of the concept of Christianity being uh, so much more relational than people that don't understand the faith think it is, and that we get to actually have a relationship with Jesus, and that I get to talk to God, and that I get to uh, feel His presence, and not just. Um, have religion, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I kind of heard about that and and realized, Oh, it's not just me doing things in repetition. It's me actually creating a faith and a relationship. That was when I was able to kind of, uh, find my own faith journey, which was really important for me. Yeah. The way way that I describe that is, you know, what faith looks like on Tuesday at two o'clock, right? Right. Like when nobody's looking and you're not doing the thing and you're not dressed up for church on Sunday morning, but like what's going on between you and Jesus in those mundane everyday moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But being able to find points where you can have a relationship in any point of your life, especially was big for me in like my music because initially when I came back from YWAM, I thought, uh, okay, I want, I know that I feel like God is pushing me towards music. I'm going to pursue a career in music. And so I thought because I'm a Christian, I have to do Christian music. And so for a while I was only writing Christian music and I was recording it. And to be brutally honest, it was bad. Like it wasn't good. (laughs) Uh, and I actually sat down with a a buddy of mine that's pretty successful in, in the Christian industry. I won't name names, but, uh, he kind of told me, he was like, why, where he asked me, he was like, why are you writing Christian music? And I was like, well, I'm a Christian and I feel like God wants me to have a career in music. So I feel like I need to write music to honor him. And he was like, see, that's uh, a good thing that you just said there because he kind of pushed me to say like, you can honor God in everything you do. And he was like, you professional athletes can honor God. You can honor God working as a school nurse or as, uh, anything. And, uh, so he was like, you don't have to write Christian music to write music that honors God's with the talents he gave you. So that was kind of a big turning point to the quality of my music was when I realized I could 
write what comes more naturally to me, which um, kind of jump-started the music that I'm writing now. And uh, just finding ways to like incorporate my faith into everything I do and just have it be honoring. Yeah, it's it's Christian worldview music. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, you're just writing what's honestly on your heart. You're mm-hmm. following Jesus, and that's just going to come out. Right. And we've put Christian music in this really narrow box. category. Mm-hmm. Big time. And so I hear you saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a Jesus follower, and I'm going to write about stuff that I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. and it's going to come through. Jesus is going to come through even if I don't mention Jesus sometimes. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah because he's, who we, he's a part of who we are. He's a part of your life, and so it influences every lyric. Yeah. Every you know melody mm-hmm. is going to be influenced by the Creator. Love that. So you're talking about your faith, you know, about 15 minutes ago and just grew up in a Christian family, mm-hmm. but just realizing there's a difference between religion and relationship with Christ. And I, I so resonate with that because I grew up in a Christian home and I really did experience the reality of Christ, but still I thought it was about, it was on me, right? you know, to, to get God to love me. Right. It was, it was my performance really at the end of the day, it was my performance and my kids, you know, uh, Kaylee and Taylor, they're your age, more or less. And, uh, you know, they got the same idea, too. It's like, I got to perform for God, you know, and it's like, wow, how do we how do we miss that? As, yeah. as, as parents, you know, we who know grace, you know, but apparently we don't know it well enough. Yeah, I, I think that in the world we live in most of our lives are performance-based getting a job uh and getting promotions yeah, at a job right, and everything right. so it's easily correlated to yep, yep. the church even like getting grades you know when you're yeah. little right you got the report card going on like there's always a um an assessment of your performance going on yeah it's so like yeah, we're being discipled by our culture as well i guess mm-hmm. that's just that's what comes to me now yeah and and i think that that thought of having to earn it is like the opposite. I feel like every time somebody thinks that thought, like Jesus hurts a little because he's like, no, like, don't you remember what I did for you? Like I did this so that you don't have to have that weight of performance. And, uh, I did this so that you can just have a relationship with me. And that's really all I ask for. And religion is still important. It's still important to take time out and be intentional about what you're doing. But, uh, just, also while remembering that it's more important to have a relationship with Jesus and know that he died so that your performance doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. We perform because we're loved Mm -hmm. not to get his love. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this, you know, hopefully this isn't terribly confusing, but as we head into Thanksgiving, I've been thinking just a ton about what I'm grateful for. And I think, the, and, you know, there's the automatic, like, I'm thankful for my family and my home and my, you know, you get to that stuff, but like you sit with it a little bit deeper. I feel like this Thanksgiving, I'm God's revealing to me and I'm so grateful that he is the God of the outcomes. Yeah. And so often I'm thinking about, the outcomes and, you know, how to manipulate circumstances or make things, control things in such a way that they turn out the way that I want them to turn out. Um, The reason I'm sharing this is because I feel like it's connected to the performance based, right? Like Mm. 
is the performance going to be good? How's the performance going to land when, when, um, you know, God is the God of the outcomes. All I have to do is be obedient. So when you take it to this conversation about singing or performing or creating music or whatever, your job in honoring the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is simply to write the songs that he's put on your heart to write. Not yeah. that that song becomes a number one or that like, you know, so many people are liking that song, or whatever, but we, we tend to think outcomes instead of just resting in the obedience. Yeah. Trying to have that thought even boiled down to the, the very smallest of things in the performance world and in the music world of each time that I get up and sing at whatever it is, if I'm at a writer's round in a bar in Nashville or singing on the biggest stage I've ever sang out on the voice and uh, just like resting with uh, I'm doing this for to, to show the gifts that God gave me, not to show anything that I have. And then it doesn't really matter how it goes because as long as, as long as he likes it, which he always does. <laughs> giving God, giving God the honor. Exactly. Honoring God, not, not wanting people to worship me. Mm-hmm. Man, that is just so insidious in my own heart. Just uh, wanting to get the glory, to take the glory that, that belongs to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really flipping the switch from, you know, in our own minds from I'm going to do this and hopefully people will delight in it to I'm going to do this because the Father delights in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the Father delights in me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Would you like to sing the songs that make the whole world sing? <laughs> Would you like to write the songs that make the whole world sing? Oh, you don't get the reference because it's before your time. Right. Yeah. I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> Barry Manilow. Okay. Okay. I write the songs that make the whole world sing. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's a dad joke. <laughs> you want to hear Bradley live on December 17th, he's going to be at the listening room um, doing a Christmas jazz show there in Grand Rapids. So you can check that out at Bradley Sinclair. What's your website, Bradley just Sinclair? BradleySinclair.com. There you have it. Yep. You can also just head to the listening room.com directly to the venues website and get tickets. So if you're just checking in right now, we've been chatting with Bradley this morning about his journey on the voice, his journey with the Lord, you know, coming into relationship with the Lord. And we've got a chance to hear your music. Can you tell us about, the moment that you decided or that you knew that God was calling you to be about music. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of happened, um, over the course of a little while, it was a mixture of things, but uh, there was a cool story that, uh, my mom loves to talk about too, but, uh, I actually was in the airport, um, going to Australia to take part in a thing called YWAM. Um, and I actually had a lady come up to me, uh, we were like, we had, we, we were on the same flight, I think, cause I had to go to California as my layover. Not and, a bad uh, layover. Yeah. Saying. Right. <laughs> and our flight was super delayed out of Chicago. So we were sitting at the gate and, uh, this lady just like asked me if I could like take my headphone off so she could talk to me. She's just like, Hey, um, I don't know what like your faith background is or if you're a Christian or anything. She's like, I just got like this word from Lord and she's like, are you like a musician? Like, do you sing or like play instruments? And I, and I stopped for a second. I looked down and I was like, am I wearing like, (laughs) I was like, no, I'm wearing a blank (laughs) t-shirt. I was like, I'm not wearing, I'm I'm wearing headphones, but everybody in the airport's wearing headphones. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And I was like, 
yeah, I, I am. Like, I'm a singer. And she was like, cool. She was like, I just felt like God was telling me that, like, he wanted to, like, bless that for you. And he wanted to, uh, he wanted me to, like, talk to you and, and, and tell you that, uh, he's like proud of you and that, he, uh, and, and like happy with what you're doing. And I was like, Whoa. So that was like a crazy moment as a sparking point And, um, kind of looking back at the things that snowballed into it. I think that was like the starting point, uh, just really felt like God wanted me to pursue uh, a career in music. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm so glad that you did. Yeah. Even, you know, this morning as we've been doing this show, every time our conversation, you know, ends and we play a song, Bradley sings along and it's been a joy. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you you want to do music, you want to create for the creator. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what do you, what do you see ahead? Yeah. I, I mean, we can't see very far ahead, right? <laughs> right. But, but what, what is, what do you think? Where do you think God's leading you? Right. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I always struggle with resting and, uh, and like the peace of the unknown, um, which is a tough thing to do in the career I'm in of trying to pursue a, a career where my life kind of relies on being at least somewhat successful in the industry. And honestly, uh, I tell people that all I really desire is, uh, to perform music that, makes people feel good and, uh, and make connections with my, with my audience and, uh, and have them be able to see that like what I'm doing, uh, is good and that it's, uh, it's not from me, but from what God has given me. So Mm. as long as I can do that, I'm happy. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.